0: Do you trust your sovereign king and his hand in this broken world? That's what it comes down to. Well, it's great to be here with you. Great to be celebrating with you. And uh, man, it is Memorial Day weekend here. And so uh, just want to take a little bit of time to celebrate that as well. You know, we're in a series here called Light on a Hill. And we're talking about what it means to be a light in a dark world. What it means to know the King whose name is Jesus who changes our lives. And how can we go about then living that out in a way where the world sees Jesus Christ for more than just some statement, some story, but he is actually someone who is rocking your world. How can we live that out? And you know, as we talked about that, uh, we started a couple weeks back just looking at when God pours into our life, as he pours in, as he fills us up, we start to gather together this, um, this changing moment. The God of the love, the God of power filling up our soul and spilling out to the streets, and it starts to affect those around us as we clothe ourselves with compassion and kindness and tenderness, forgiveness, bearing with one another, with love itself, as God gets all the glory, right? As God fills our heart, then that spills over. And so we're looking at what it means to be celebrating that life in Him. And now, that said, um, Man, we are talking about being able to then apply that into so many facets of our life. Being able to apply that into, like last week as we talked about what it means to be a godly friend. And today we're going to talk about what it means to be a godly citizen. What it means to be able to live in a country and to be able to honor the leadership while praying for God to move mightily and powerfully. And uh, that said, as we talk about being a godly citizen, I wanted to start with on Memorial Day weekend here, just uh, a moment. Uh, how many in this room, I'm just going to ask you to stand, if in this room you are currently serving in the military or have served in the military in any way, if you would just go ahead and stand, all right? Just go ahead and stand up if you served in the military or are currently. Amen. Amen. Love it. Just go ahead and stay standing for a second. Just go ahead and stay standing. I know you're like, I don't like the attention. Just go ahead and stay standing. Now the next question. How many of you are family where you have someone serving in the military or had served in the military, immediate family, like sons, daughters, brothers, sisters in your house, or mom, dad, whatever, immediate family where you also were a part of it as they served, if you would go ahead and stand as well. All right. If you had family serving. Amen. Man, love you guys. Appreciate it. You can take a seat. Thanks, man. So appreciate you, and so appreciate all that you do. And uh, if you're online, and you were part of serving as well, love you. So appreciate what you guys do for us. Um, hear me. There are things we can get very annoyed about in our country but we must celebrate the amount of freedom we have and all that God blesses us with. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. Love you guys, thanks for your service, all right? Um, That said, as we talk about being a godly citizen, we're gonna dive in today to Romans chapter 13, starting in verse one. So turn with me, if you will, to Romans 13, starting in verse one, and I'm gonna get going here with point number one. A godly citizen will submit to the authorities over them, as to the Lord, right? A godly citizen will submit to the authorities over them as to the, everybody say as to the Lord, Lord. right? That'll be a big part of what we talk about as we walk through the passage here, but let's just make sure we grasp submission as to the Lord. May God get all the glory. Here we go. He says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Let's just hold right there. He says, let every person, uh, how many? Right, so everybody just say this, that means me. Right, don't say that means Tim, right? <laughs> that means me, like every person, like all of us are called to do this. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Be subject, that word means to submit To allow them to lead. Maybe that's a great way to say it. I think the words submit and subject have gotten maybe misstated in our country in so many different ways over the course of generations. And so allow them to lead is a great way to understand it. They have responsibility before God. We're going to see that roll out in the passage. They have responsibility to do and to be before God. And so our job is to allow them to lead in that. It says be subject to the governing authorities, to everybody who has some sort of position, whether that's in a job, a boss, or that's in the government around us as they're helping run a city or a county or a state or even nationally, right? May we show some level of respect in that and uh, uh, allowing them to lead in that. I know as you're hearing this, you might be like, seriously? This isn't the passage I want to read today. And uh, so let's just get this properly understood. The one who wrote Romans chapter 13 was writing it while in prison, the Apostle Paul, while in prison because he shared Christ and they felt that was wrong. And so they put him in prison for sharing Jesus Christ. But more than that, he was writing it to the church at Rome. Now the leader of Rome, right about the time that he was writing this, was Nero. As the believers were coming together and gathering, you got to picture it like Christ died on the cross and rose again somewhere right around, we'll call it 33 AD, somewhere in there. And then it's about 25 years later, somewhere in there, that Paul is writing to the church at Rome. And as he's writing, it's only been 25 years. The church has just started rallying together. The numbers of people that are believing are small but growing and there's multiple churches around and as they began to live for Christ it started to cause a stir within cities in fact so much so that the uh, emperor before Nero ended up sending all the Christians out like that's it I'm done with you you cause too many problems get out of my city And so they were literally removed from the city for their belief. Now, as Nero came in, he decided maybe we can actually work with them. He brought them back in, and as things started to get rough again, he got annoyed, and so he started to get rough, and I mean rough. Like at one point, Nero decided he couldn't really see well in his gardens, and he tripped at night in the dark, so he said, let's take some of those Christians, and we'll pour oil on them and we'll light them on fire and stick them on a post and stick them up in the air and then I won't trip while I walk through my garden at night. That's the environment Paul was in. Can you imagine how these words hit the church of Rome? When they know they've been kicked out and just allowed in, they have family that has been burned alive so that they could actually just be a lamp for the evening for Nero. And then Paul writes these words be subject to the governing authorities. Context. And these are sobering words from someone who knows of what he speaks, and he's calling to a super difficult moment. He says, For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. From God, by God. Everybody just say, From God, from God. by God. Did you know that? Every single authority, whatever level in any area, worldly or church, every leader, there by God. Now, please hear me. That doesn't mean that in every decision that person makes, God is like, I approve of that. I think that's an honoring thing to me. I'm not saying that, but God is working with that leader. He has chosen to allow them to be in that position. In fact, more than just allowing it, God is actually over it. God is the one who's a part of it. And uh, it's really important that we understand that. I'm just going to say these words. That means that Governor Pritzker is in his position from God and by God. That means President Biden from God by God. Or on the other side, that means President Trump was from God, by God. May we grasp that and begin to say, okay, God is over this. Please hear me on this. If your sovereignty view of God is so small that God wasn't over it, you're missing it. That's what Paul's saying. God is so over it. He's got it. Hang on. And allow them to lead. God has placed them. So, what? So, blind submission? So, they're in charge. So, whatever they say, I just got to do, and that's the end of it. Is that what we're talking about? Everybody say no. No, man, that's not what we're talking about. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7 is a good verse to write down. Ephesians 6, verse 7 it says, uh, render service as to the Lord. There's that phrase, as to the Lord. So you're rendering service, it means you're listening, you're answering, you're doing what they tell you as to the Lord. That means your attitude reflects you know the God of love. That means your temperament reflects you know the God who has forgiven you and is bearing with you, and so you can forgive and bear much. That means you're going to live in a way that honors God, but more than that, it means that the things you're willing to be a part of honor God as well, as to the Lord. If your boss says... um, Go murder someone. Your answer is, yeah, that's a little not what I'm here for. Right? No, not going to be that. And, and go steal, go lie, right? The press downs are not what we're there for. And we have to be very careful of that. And so render it as to the Lord. Or here's another one, Colossians 3.17. Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus In the name of the Lord Jesus. So you are first and foremost worshiping your God and serving him. And as you render any kind of service to another, as you allow them to lead, it is ultimately up and above as to the Lord. God gets the glory in your service. So let's just bring it down to this. So if they're asking you to sin, then the answer is allowed to be no. If they're asking you to sin, then no, right? So let's just work it through. What are our choices when we're following the Lord and then we're trying to be in honorable um, consideration of another leader? And I just wrote these down. Three choices that we have, right? So three choices when we're working with our leadership around us. Number one, obey. I mean, if they're asking you to do something and it's not sinful or evil in any way, then be able to go ahead and follow through and do what they ask. And uh, ultimately, laws are there for our protection and for our provision. And uh, there are some that may need to be talked about, but the majority are there for good reason. And so worshipfully agree to bear with or to sit under well. Obey. Right. That's the first step, and that's what Paul's calling here. Here's another one, though. Respectfully voice respectfully voice, being able to communicate a disagreement with and a call out on. You can respectfully voice in a number of ways. You can vote them out of office. We're in a country where you are allowed to do that. Not every country is allowed that. Paul was not afforded that. They did not have the vote to take Nero out. They were there. He was emperor. That's the end. But we have a privilege in this democracy to be able to vote. Use your vote to vote in that regard. Okay? And uh, you might be like, "I'm in Illinois, my vote." <laughs> All right, So, more <laughs> but but there's other things you can do as well, right? And so, um, by the way, sad that I didn't have to finish that sentence, right? <laughs> and um, but you have the vote. Here's other things you can take legal action. You can take legal action to begin to challenge and call things out. And that's a part of it as well. Being able to voice those things is appropriate. By the way, if you want chapter and verse on that, Acts chapter 22, you might want to read the whole chapter. It's about Paul being put in prison and he's actually going to whip him. And it gets to a point where they're getting ready to take the whip to him. And he turns to the centurion and he goes, hey, by the way, as they've stretched him out, by the way, I thought you weren't supposed to whip Roman citizens, which they were not. Centurion is like, hang on, I got to check something out. Goes back and he's like, do you know this guy is a Roman citizen? And they're like, what? And then they had to walk through that whole thing. All Paul was doing was saying, I am actually asking you to consider your law and live according to it. I am walking through a respectful voicing out that this is not right. And in fact, they ended up stopping and they did not whip him. And it isn't wrong to stand up and voice. And it isn't wrong to do it in a respectful manner, honoring graciously and kindly along the way, but taking a stand. That's not wrong, okay? So obey, respectfully voice, and then here's the third one, and disobey biblically. Disobey, but biblically. Like your attitude and your temperament, respectful, right? You know the God of love and you're honoring him there. And I'm going to say this, when. Am I allowed to disobey? Uh, When it annoys me. No. Everybody say, not that. (laughs) Not that. It's when you're being asked to sin or when you're being asked to somehow approve of evil. Now you're taking a stand, okay? When sin and evil are a part of it, you have the right to step up to it. If you want some chapter and verse on it, here's a great one. Uh, Daniel chapter three. Daniel chapter 3 actually is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're actually walking through a very rough time. They're in exile, and the king, Nebuchadnezzar, has kind of lost his nut, and he's going big now, and he's like, listen, here's the deal. I need you to bow, and I need you to say, you're my God. I need you to call me God, and there's no other God, just me. Now bow. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, well, I've got three choices, obey, not going to do that. Respectfully disagree. O king, we're not going that way. That's not the way we want to go. They're like, we're not listening. He says, you're going to bow or I'm throwing you in the fire. They're like, okay. We've walked through the route of talking through it, even respectfully calling you O king. He literally says to them, now you need to bow. What God is going to save you from this fire? And I love this. They were calling him O king. They shift and they say, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, you're a man, and you missed it. And there is a God of the universe. And they said, listen, we stand with our God, and we will not bow to you. We only bow to our God, and that's the end of it. Do you hear how they were called to evil, and they would not bend? And so then the quote comes out, a quote that we use around here a lot. My God can... My God will, and even if my God doesn't, that was in the middle of civil disobedience. They were standing against God, or against them, and standing with their God, and they were told, you're gonna to be thrown in fire, and they're like, God can save me from this fire. God will save me from, and even if God doesn't save me from this fire, I worship my God, I will not bow to you. man. that's the challenge, to know that you're taking a stand for things that are about honoring the holiness of your king, Please make it about that. Please don't get into trying to take stands that make it about honoring you personally, but it has no effect on your God. And if it's not about sin and if it's not about evil, be careful. Revelation chapter one is another great spot. And I love the statement. John is, he's relegated to the island of Patmos. And he actually says there, as he's in disobedience, what was he in disobedience for? He was talking about Christ and he was preaching the word. He says, I was put in jail why? Or actually put on the island, why? Well, because of the word and the testimony of Jesus. That's why. Great understanding of what to be trying to stand for. The word and the testimony of Jesus. Man, may we be careful about what we choose to disobey on, but may it be definitely in that area. The word and the testimony of Jesus. May God get all the glory. Ready? And all of God's people said. And there will be a time where we are going to have to be ready to take a stand for our God. Make sure you are taking the stand in the right way with the right heart and about the right topics. May God get all the glory. This church will not move. God's word will be lifted up preeminent and God will get all the glory. We will worship him. It is all about our king. And all of God's people said. Amen, man. Super fired up about it. So here's a simple question. Is it evil or is it just annoying? Make sure you ask yourself that question. And then you can walk through these three steps. Obey, respectfully voice, or disobey biblically. All right? He says, therefore, right? And when we see the therefore, we say, What's it there for? It's a connecting word. He's like, hey, because God has been placed over all leadership, because God is in charge of, yes, even this world, it says, therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those will incur judgment. Whoever resists authorities resists what God has appointed. Just let that settle. If God's over the authority and you're resisting authority, You are resisting what God has put in place. And he says, and ultimately, you will incur judgment. I'll put it this way. If your choice is choice number three, I will disobey biblically, well, then disobedience should expect punishment, and that should be a part of your plan as well. See, all too often when I hear people, they're like, my goal is defiance. And then they get punished, and they're like, what? just so we're clear, when you stand against leadership, you should rightly be expecting them to take the next step. And he's like, just so you know, if you're standing against government, disobedience should expect punishment as well. That is a part of it. And, uh, Truly standing against means willing to take the punishment for and being able to use and see all of that to make the point that it is about, my God, can you see why you probably don't want to make it just about annoying things, right? When I'm standing up and I'm going to take a hit and it's going to wash on my shore and it's going to cost me or my family a ton, man, this is going to be about things that are eternal. The word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, I will not move. May God get all the glory, okay? And uh, it says there will be this incurred judgment. What's he talking about? You know, Romans 1.18 says, The wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. The wrath of God is revealed against ungodliness and unrighteousness. Did you know that God actually uses the police and the legal structures to be able to mete out some of his, if you want to call it kind of a, a generalized wrath a wrath into this world that stands against wrong. And uh, we'll see it come up again at the end of this passage. This is a Romans 1.18 statement. He's like, heads up, if you stand against them, if you steal something, expect to have a punishment. That's what he's saying, right? And uh, be wise to it. He says, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad, right? In general, the large number of structures that a leader puts in place is that things will thrive, And that we long to go together and work together on it. And uh, may there be that proper approach to it. He says, Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? He's like, Listen up, man. The one who's in authority has the privilege and the right to be able to bring a punishment if you don't listen. Be wise to what you're doing and be respectful in it. He says, Then do what is good and you will receive his approval. Do what is good. In fact, that word good. Do what is defined by God as good. Make sure you grasp what God's view of rightness is and do that with all you've got. Do what is good. And in those few moments where what God sees as good, the world sees as bad, then you're gonna have to stand with God. But in the broad sense of things, it is wrong to steal. It is wrong to lie. It is wrong to walk up to another and beat them. It is wrong to use things to try to take from me just for me. It is wrong to walk into a building with a gun and take lives. And there are leaders that stand against that. And all of God's people said, that's a huge deal. And yes, largely they are there to stop things that are wrong and cause things that are good to take place. He says, then do what is good and you will receive his approval for he is God's servant for your good. So if this message so far has been super uncomfortable for you, this is your moment to smile a little bit. He is God's servant. In other words, they report to God ultimately for the work they have done. He is God's servant. And look what it says. He is God's servant for he is God's servant for your good. And they will have to give answer for that. Isaiah chapter one, verse 10, it says, woe to those who constantly enact unjust decisions. Woe to those who constantly enact unjust decisions. The woe is not because we are to bring it. The woe is because God is going to hold them accountable. God is over every leader, and God holds leaders accountable for the position he's placed them in. And if something goes wrong on their watch, they will give account. Know that. Your job is to pray for them and understand, man, they give account before God for what they're doing right now. And if you think that something's going awry, but it's not washing sin on your shore at the moment, know this. They still might have to give account for how that's twisting things and going awry. And ultimately, God is over all things. And we smile and say, thank you, Lord, for being in charge. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, he says, but if you do wrong, be afraid. If you choose to do what breaks the law, expect punishment. And I'm just telling you, our society started shifting things in weird ways. Like, well... I've been so wronged, though, that I think now I can break the law just because it's been so unfair to me. This will balance it out. Everybody say, not that. I'll just say it this way uh, Feelings do not make unholiness holy. Feelings do not make unholiness holy. If it's wrong, it's wrong, and that's the end of it. And we're going to see that roll out even in the rest of the passage. May we not take a stand against what uh, our leadership is guiding into things that are protecting overall and be wise to that? It says, For he does not bear the sword in vain. Can you imagine that analogy into Rome under Nero with believers being burned? and pushed out of the city, and he says, listen, they don't bear the sword in vain. And they may be like, yeah, but at times he's misusing that sword, and he's like, hang on. If you are stepping out wrongly, you expect that sword to come down on. You expect punishment. You expect him to get things in line. He has it, and he will use it. May we respect our leaders in that regard, ultimately, as we respect God. It says, ready? For he is a servant of God. Would that be a phrase you'd use for some of the leaders you're thinking of right now? I mean, honestly, the reality is, here's here's another way to read it. For he is a servant of God, whether he knows it or not. And all of God's people said, and there is an answer that is given before God. And our job is not to try to be God for him. They will ultimately have to give an answer. He is the servant of God, an avenger. I knew that movie name was a good name, right? And uh, not that kind of avenger, not with superpowers, not trying to fix things all on their own, but, but with responsibility and really avenger means when something's done wrong, taking a stand against it, right? He says, who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Ultimately, to do wrong before the government should expect punishment. Don't be in misalignment with who they are as leaders. Here's what Paul was trying to say. I know there's so much going wrong, but remember that doesn't give you the right to do wrong on your own. Get in line. That's what he's saying. May God get all the glory. And I um, was thinking about it this week, I'll just I'll say it this way. So on Tuesday, we as a staff uh, decided to take a little bit of a break. And uh, it was a nice break for us. We ended up, uh, over lunch, we had some pizza come in for everybody, and and, uh, we just uh, sat together and had some pizza together. And then afterwards, in honor of Memorial Day coming up and a specific movie coming out this weekend, we uh, put the uh, old Top Gun movie on in the 309. We used VidAngel, which by the way, if you have not used VidAngel, you really want to take a look at it. You can shut off swear words. You can shut off different events and scenes and those kinds of things. It gives you a lot of control on keeping things maybe as clean as you want them to be. And so VidAngel running with Top Gun, we played it in 309 and just had a blast kind of cranking it up and re-experiencing the 1980s. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so we had fun with the movie Top Gun and just the fun laughing. And in in general, we ended up laying out a bunch of candy as well, kind of doing a bar of candy. You can choose any boxes of candy you want and just let people relax for a little bit. Just take two hours of downtime as we enjoyed and laughed together. And I picked up a box of Whoppers and uh, man, I love Whoppers. This thing was huge. It said 140 calories for the box. I'm like, that is awesome. And then if you read close, it says five servings per container. A little less awesome, but, but, you know, I love Whoppers. Do you know when Whoppers were created? Do you know this? Whoppers were designed in the 1920s. You know why? It was Prohibition era, and all of a sudden the law came down, no more alcohol. And they're like, what? What do we do with all this malt that we were going to make beer with? And they're like, I don't know, no alcohol. And they're like, you know what? Let's make malted milk balls. (laughs) We'll call them Whoppers. A bunch of people will eat them and get fat, right? It'll be great. And uh, Whoppers, that was what it came from. Did you know that? And so here's the real question. When we face things that we don't necessarily like or agree with, are you a bootlegger or a Whopper maker? (laughs) Here endeth the lesson, right? Romans 13, you got to love it, man. The reality is he's calling us to make sure we know and understand who our God is and we get in line with. May we understand and make the best of, and there are opportunities to stand against if we need to, but may God get all the glory. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, so how are you doing with being able to submit to leadership? Okay, as to the Lord. Point number two, a godly citizen will pay taxes according to the laws they are under. Point number two, a godly citizen will pay taxes according to the laws they are under. He says, therefore, when we see the therefore, we say, Right, so because God establishes the law and because those leaders that he has established will rightly be working things out underneath him over time, whether they know it or not, because God has placed them, he says, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath. So yes, submit, but he's like, don't just do it so you don't get in trouble. Like, Don't just make this a selfish move. Well, I don't want to do it. That would be too much pain. Like, Not for that. That's a terrible reason, the selfish reason. He says, but for the sake of conscience, like be a light in the dark world, like that. Like being able to stand before your God and say, Lord, I stood where I stood because I wanted to make it about you and your holiness. Make it a worship, your conscience. Make it a declaration to this world that you know the God of the universe and you won't be moved God is awesome, and that will affect you on both sides of your walk then in this political arena. And uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12 says, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and ultimately glorify God on that day. Men, may they see you worshiping Christ, and may it change their life because of it your temperament, and how you handle things that are broken in this world can lead someone to Christ. Be a light in this broken world. It says, for because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Man, the language that Paul used, they are ministers of God Attending to these things means this is their full-time job. And so you're paying taxes to allow God to enact his leadership into the place. And there are times where they will be doing things wrong and God will hold them accountable. And ultimately, you have a job to submit to unless they're asking you to sin because it's as to the Lord. May God get all the glory. It says, for because of this, you also pay taxes for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. So pay to all what is owed them, right? So make sure you're paying taxes where taxes are owed. Make sure when you walk in a store and you see something you like, you don't just put it under your arm and walk out and say, I feel like I deserve it. Instead, you pay the store owner rightly for what you're taking. May God get all the glory. And if the price is too high, shop somewhere else right? And uh, it says, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed. Man, always make sure that you're honoring your God and you're not just making it good for self, right? And how you use your money and how you pay your taxes goes a long way. It isn't wrong to find the best method of managing your taxes so that you pay the lowest reasonable taxes do. There's nothing wrong with that. It is wrong to lie. Right? And that's not a fine line. It's true or it's not true. And so it's not wrong to get the greatest deal on your tax discounts you can get. Let the laws be afforded to you and be respectful in that. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen, man. That's a huge deal. That was a small amen for that. (laughs) uh respect to whom respect is owed honor to whom honor is owed now you've gone too far tim look i'm getting under but respect come on man honor are you serious look dude i saw this sign that says pritzker stinks i'll use that word <laughs> and uh and i bought one of those i'm like fine i'll sit under here's my sign That's where I stand. And uh, not that. Honor and respect and trying to care for and pray for, to love into the midst of it. Man, these are godless men in a godless world who stand before an unbelievably holy God. And they barely get which way things are going at times, but God knows what he's doing. And do you trust your sovereign king and his hand in this broken world? That's what it comes down to. We serve a sovereign God of the universe, and I ultimately bow to him alone. I will not be caught trying to be mad at the guy just above me and forgetting that that guy ultimately reports to the God of all authority. And all of God's people said, may God truly get all the praise. And we ultimately serve the king. All others are under him. That's what paul is saying here simply your humility your submission your love is a light in this dark world may god get all the glory i'm not saying there won't be difficulties at times to try to nuance through and figure out is this evil or sin i'm being asked to or is it just annoying work that out with fear and trembling, showing respect to your God, trying to honor him, knowing this, your job is not necessarily to fix that person above you at all. They report to God. May God get all the praise. We are here to bring a light in a broken world. Don't be shocked when it's broken. And all of God's people said, may God truly get our worship and our attention. He alone, and I bow all to him. May God get the praise. Let's pray.